1: I'm April Stearns, the founder and editor of Wildfire Magazine and the host of this podcast. A quick note that today's episode contains a mention acknowledging the existence of sex. Today we're going to hear a piece about finding one's place in the aftermath of being diagnosed young when no one else you know has experienced what you have. How do you find others like you? For my guest today, she found her people at a breast cancer conference one weekend in Jacksonville, Florida, and from there began the work of helping others feel that they too belonged. When you look around a room, either literal or a Zoom room, and see others who were also diagnosed with breast cancer, it's a profound experience of belonging. I remember vividly my first time seeing a group of young survivors in the flesh it was several years ago now in a shop in San Francisco that was hosting a literary event called Litquake. A group of five women, all diagnosed under 40, all belonging to a group called the Bay Area Young Survivors, stood and read personal stories of their experiences. I was in awe. They voiced experiences I thought I was the only one experiencing, and they sported bodies, scars, short haircuts, lymphedema sleeves, all like my own. Looking at them was to see myself in a lot of ways for the first time with fresh eyes. I felt hope, I felt less alone than I had since the day I had been diagnosed. I felt as though I had stumbled into a clearing occupied by glittering, gorgeous unicorns. Truly, I realized looking at these women that maybe a part of me had not dared fully believe that they existed. Brene Brown, one of my very favorite wise women has taught us that belonging is everything. We need to feel connected, tethered to others to know that we are safe. If you haven't yet found your community and your survivorship, maybe today's episode will inspire you to connect with the resources discussed today or to begin to form your own group. My guest today is Jasmine Sowers. Jasmine was diagnosed at 26 with Stage 1 IDC. Today, Jasmine's here to read a piece she wrote for Wildfire Magazine's social issue. This was an issue in which we explored the nuances of what it means to be part of the breast cancer community. As they say, breast cancer is the club no one wants to join, but for many, once they're here, they meet an incredible group of fellow travelers on the path of survivorship from all stages of breast cancer. In addition to writing a story for the social issue of Wildfire, Jasmine was also one of the guest editors for the issue as well. Today, Jasmine's here to share with us a moment of connection she experienced after wondering if she would ever fit in anywhere. Welcome to The Burn, Jasmine.
2: Thank you for having me, April. I'm excited to be here.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited. So you are reading a piece that you wrote called Odd Girl Out. After you read, we'll talk about your experience of building connections and resources for others who may also be feeling like the odd girl out. And for those of you listening, stay tuned to the very end for a writing prompt inspired by today's episode. All right, Jasmine, I'll let you take it away.
2: It gets old being the odd girl out. Signing in at oncology clinics while the older patients question if I'm in the right place. Going to support groups as the breast cancer baby, because everyone else is two or three times my age. Being constantly told that I am too young to have breast cancer, and yet, here I am, the odd girl out. It was on a whim, nearly two weeks before the Young Survival Coalition Summit in Orlando, Florida, that I asked my mom to take the two-hour drive with me from Jacksonville. We arrived at the Renaissance Hotel and stepped immediately into the hustle and bustle of one of the largest breast cancer conferences for young women. We were new to the scene, but we didn't miss a beat as we rushed around the hallway attempting to win the icebreaker game. Find someone diagnosed when they were pregnant. Find someone who was a Young Survival Coalition face-to-face coordinator. Find someone diagnosed the same year as you. Ariel was statuesque and walked right up to me and introduced herself as a metaviver. Lisa was a Florida state leader who would later confess her love for me on the dance floor. And that's when I started to feel the magic running around making 30 second introductions. I was meeting women I had been following online for the first time in person. I wanted to hug them, to thank them for thinking of others during a time their own world was crashing down to congratulate them on their health milestones, and wish them continued success. Some were just as sweet as I imagined they would be. Others seemed caught up in being an Instagram can celebrity. But all of us were attending this special weekend event for one reason. We were part of a sisterhood no one wanted to be part of. The hot tub was nothing short of show and tell. Tiffany, a spunky Latina who braved breast cancer while pregnant, unapologetically sported a bathing suit with one natural breast and one flat breast awaiting reconstruction. Maya displayed the beautiful job her plastic surgeon did on her D-flap surgery, letting us feel the difference between her breast breastbone with fat tissue and my new breast implants. Yvonne gave me hope as she shared tips to overcome painful sex and revealed her plans to hopefully have a baby soon. There were no scars or questions to be ashamed of. The conversations flowed naturally like we'd always known each other. We laughed together, we learned together, we were instantly undeniably connected. But it wasn't until the night of the dance party that I grasped what this weekend truly meant, not just to me, but to all the women in
0: attendance.
2: As I stood back and observed the crowded room, I saw women and the people who loved them dancing and singing their hearts out for what felt like the first time in a long time. I saw women who beat breast cancer, taking a break from figuring out how to put their lives back together again. I saw women in the midst of the fight of their lives, forget about their medical bills and their upcoming infusions. I saw women who for three days found a place where no one was the odd girl out. As I stood back and observed the crowded room, I cried. Overwhelmed by the joy I was witnessing and the sense of belonging, I felt. I was not alone in this. I had sisters who needed me just as much as I needed them. We were all in this together and we planned to keep in touch until next time. I cried again as I hugged everyone goodbye because I knew for some there would never be a next time. Some farewells would be forever. Some dances would be our last. There's a part of me that will always be thankful for being the odd girl out, because not fitting in with the masses led me to hope. It inspired me to love others the way I experienced love that weekend, and has blessed me with the friendships with the most extraordinary women. Mm,
1: That was gorgeous, Jasmine. Thank you so much. So much of that resonates for me. So let's take a quick break here. Let you um, take a sip of water and let us hear from um, a testimonial of someone who has been enjoying wildfire. So we'll take a quick break.
0: Hello, I'm Casey. I was diagnosed with lobular primary breast cancer stage 2 oestrogen positive um, November 19, uh, 2019. And um, throughout my year and a half of treatment, I wrote um, in April's Wildfire Workshops and have found the process completely transformative. Um, I've written something now to try and capture, um, in words, um, how I see that process working. I can see, in words, where they come from now and where they're going. they are spirals, endlessly going over and back, reaching forward. The movement I see is black ink. Effortlessly moving into the future, from the past. Sentences are solved to me now. salve to old hidden wounds. Bringing them out into the open so they can appear on the page. Be acknowledged, seen and healed. I see this movement of ink and shapes going backwards and forwards through my life. Soothing, opening, smoothing, leaving nothing unseen. Because I'm wide enough and deep enough to soothe all my past hurts. We know that now. Thank you, April. Thank you, Wildfire.
1: Okay, Katie, thank you so much for that transcontinental love. Welcome back, everyone. Jasmine, before our break, you shared with us a wonderful story of experiencing your very first breast cancer conference. I want to take you back to that hotel, to that conference in Jacksonville. And as you and I are talking now, we're in the midst of a pandemic, of course, and meeting in person has become more challenging. But going back to the Young Survival Coalition Conference, can you share with us a little bit more about how that experience of seeing people in real life in flesh and blood was different than maybe seeing them on your Instagram feed before that, if you were connected in that way before that?
2: No, it was actually a little overwhelming. Um, I thought I probably would have been more shy than what I was, but I felt so like instantly at home. It's something that's really hard to describe. You know how it feels when you, you don't mix, you don't fit in with what's around you. So this feeling where it seems like, man, I am one of many. I don't have to explain to anyone why I'm not going to do the Zumba for 45 minutes to for them flashing. Um, I don't have to explain to anyone why I don't have kids yet or anything like that. It just felt so comforting. I think it's probably the word to not be in a space where everyone's looking at you like, why are you here? What are you doing here?
1: Uh-huh. I agree with that. Um, and I'll say I was um I've been to a Young Survival Coalition conference as well and had a very similar experience. So I know what you're talking about. One thing that I love about your story that's different from my own is that you said your mom brought you to Jacksonville. That's wonderful. So did she also participate in the conference?
2: So we actually live in Jacksonville. So we drove from Jacksonville to Orlando. Oh gosh. Gotcha. And um my mom was like my closest coach advisor my mom is on the side of the family where breast cancer is very heavy. heavy. So I think my mom does not have to deal with breast cancer, but her mother was diagnosed twice um, and she is now a third time um, breast cancer thriver. She's living with metastatic breast cancer. Um, and so I think my mom grew close to me and probably because I'm her child, but I do think there was a little piece of her that made me felt guilty. Like it was her genes that did this. And I'm like, this is life. Like we could, no one could have counted for this, but um, my mom absolutely jumped in. My mom was dancing. My mom's in the photos. Everyone that met me and my mom that weekend always asked about my mom. Now I'm like, where's Miss Penny? I'm like, she's not far behind. I promise. <laughs>
1: I love that I mean she needed community too I think you know to know that that you both were going to be okay
2: absolutely absolutely so that was um that's probably one of the best memories I have with my mom it was what what was a the theme that it was a 90s party or the 80s party something like that and both of us getting dressed up and with the the bright makeup I mean that was that's probably one of the best memories I have with my mom for sure
1: I love I love that that you have a best memory of your mom in the midst of a breast cancer experience is incredible. That's really cool. So you are the co founder of an incredible organization called for the breast of us. Can you share with us what your mission is and how it intersects with this experience of odd girl out?
2: So, um, this was like the perfect intersection with us for Wildfire Magazine, this opportunity to talk about the importance of community. For the Breast of Us is the first online community that's inclusive to all women of color affected by breast cancer. Our mission is really help, really to help women of color make the rest of their lives the best of their lives after a breast cancer diagnosis. What we realize through experience and that's illustrated vividly through research and is that women of color, black women, Asian women, Latino women, we face some very unique challenges in navigating breast cancer. Black women in particular face the worst health disparities. And despite the challenges that we face, we are very much so underrepresented in the stories and the imagery, and unfortunately also in the research and the clinical trials. So creating a space where women could not only find women that look like them, but also learn from other women that were navigating similar experiences and having the opportunity to really fine tune the way that they navigate their experience and teaching them really, because a lot of this is about teaching self-advocacy, teaching women how to do what's best for them despite all the noise and all the boundaries and obstacles that they may be facing on a daily basis. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that. And learning to speak up, even if you feel alone you know, in that, um, finding your voice is such a big deal.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So, you know, I was going to bring this around to writing. Can you talk a little bit about the role that writing plays in your advocacy and specifically in striving to be seen and heard and get that sense of belonging?
2: Well, I am a writer at heart, man. I love to write. I've been writing for years. Um, I did speech and debate in high school. I did um, competitive speech writing in college. And so, Once I got to For the Breast of Us, it really felt like a really great intersection of passion and purpose. But now I think my writings have more meaning. My writings have been um, opportunity for me to bridge communities between the early stage and the metastatic community. My writings have been the opportunity to raise awareness about the challenges women of color are facing, the disparities. Um, My writing has been um, a call to action and inviting other people to really not just understand the disparities, but let's take action in helping women navigate these challenges. So um, writing has been like a a power tool to me. Like, I don't get to do it as much as I used to because I'm now doing all these other things, but words are powerful. Like Words move masses. Um, And so I'm really, I'm happy that that's a skill that I've been honing in over the course of my life. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, definitely. And it's interesting because I think that sometimes people think writing needs to be this really big thing or really um, serious endeavor, but we actually are writing all the time, particularly on social media, right? Like people are sharing their stories in little photographs and um, snippets of writing too.
2: Absolutely. I mean, like I am always scrolling on Instagram and I see a woman that can make like two paragraphs of a caption. And I think, girl, this is, there's a story here. I need you come over here and tell me more about this experience. Tell me, and and I don't think people realize in those little moments how big the story could be if they would just expand a little bit more on it from that caption. Definitely, and to feel
1: the healing that can come from really exploring their story. I mean, I think it's, it's a really big deal to be visible and to be sharing at all, but you're right. If they expanded it just a little bit, the the effects of it could be profound
2: you know I've always found that those the things that we are a little afraid to share that we maybe we feel alone in sharing those are often things that most other people resonate with we're just waiting for someone else to say it first yes
1: exactly exactly Well, today's writer and guest was Jasmine Sawyers. Her piece was called Odd Girl Out from the December, January 2020 issue of Wildfire Magazine called Social. Jasmine, where can people find you and your work online?
2: Well, we can start at BreastofUs.com and also follow For the Breast of Us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And you can follow me personally at jazzy the bc baddie b-a-d-d-i-e on instagram and i think that's it
1: perfect we also mentioned two other social related resources today you can learn more about the young survival coalition at youngsurvival.org and if you're in northern california be sure to check out the bay area young survivors group at baysnet b-a-y-s-n-e-t dot o-r-g Thank you so much. I'm April Stearns and you've been listening to The Burn. The Burn is a production of Wildfire Magazine where we share breast cancer stories from young women like you've never read or heard before. We also strive to inspire you to write your story like you've never written it before. Stay till the very end for a writing prompt inspired by today's story. Our producer is Bill Smith of Shoe Production and our production assistant is Monica Haro Want more on the life-changing transformation to be had from telling your breast cancer stories? Visit wildfirecommunity.org to find a copy of the issue shared in today's episode, to find our more than 30 issues in the Wildfire archives, and to take a writing workshop with me. Discover how to write your way back to yourself, write your way to reclaiming your body and your story. Don't forget to subscribe to The Burn and listen to it wherever you go. Here is your writing prompt. Set your timer for eight minutes and write without stopping or editing. I know I always say it, but honestly, keep your hand moving or your fingers tapping. There's magic in leading into the time. Your prompt is, my place in the breast cancer community is, my place in the breast cancer community is, eight minutes, write without stopping. See what needs to come out and where it will take you. Happy writing. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take good care.